Honey, you seem to understand. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me! And you're locked in here with me, so we might as well talk about some starting strength events. Next seminar's coming up December 11th through the 13th in Wichita Falls. After that, we'll be back in Wichita Falls February 5th through the 7th. And then after that, April 16th through the 18th in, you guessed it, Wichita Falls. For lifting camps coming up, all the following camps are squat camps. It will be in Austin, Texas on November 14th at Starting Strength Austin. Then Tel Aviv, Israel on November 21st. Then Seoul, South Korea on November 22nd. And Moody's, Connecticut at Anino Strength on December 5th. We'll also be having a deadlift and power clean camp on November 22nd in Seoul, South Korea following that squat camp. And then for squat and deadlift camps on the list, we have two spots left for Orlando, Florida on November 7th. Then we'll have another squat and deadlift camp in Omaha on November 21st at Testify Strength and Conditioning. For our three lift camp on the list, we'll be in Baltimore on November 22nd at 5x3, going over the squat, the bench, and the deadlift. For coaching development camps on the list, we'll be in Houston on November 7th covering how to coach the squat, and then in Orlando on November 22nd, covering how to coach the squat and the deadlift. Competitions coming up October 24th and 25th will be the Charm City Strongwoman Contest in Baltimore. It's a charity event put on by 5x3 Training. Strengthlifting meets on October 31st in Phoenix and Omaha. Another strengthlifting meet on November 14th in Wichita Falls. Then a USA weightlifting meet in Omaha at Testify on December 5th. A partner meet back at 5x3 in Baltimore on December 6th. And then another USA weightlifting meet in Omaha on March 13th. All of our starting strength gyms are open and operating with more to come online shortly. Currently, we're operating in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and Denver. Coming up next will be Boston, Chicago, Los Angeles, Portland, Oregon, Boise, and San Antonio. To find a location near you or to request a location, head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com. And as usual, for more details or registration information on any of the events that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Hello. Welcome to Starting Strength Radio. It's Friday, and here we are again to have serious, important conversations about virtually all topics. Can you see how serious I'm approaching this? We're very serious here at Starting Strength Radio. And I wish we could be more serious than we already are. But I just don't know how to be more serious than this. I mean, there are serious things going on right now. And we need to be serious about them. Let me let me share something with you from comments from, from the, the haters. haters. Okay, here this is got to put a lot of thought into this. Daryl Urbanski 
says, I used to respect you. Clearly, you're slipping. I'm in Vietnam. No pandemic here. Why? Because people didn't say it could last forever and use it as an excuse to throw caution into the wind. They took all precautions, and now we don't need masks. We don't need to social distance. There's no pandemic here. Just because you're an expert at strength training doesn't make you a health expert. For a guy so smart, you really are perpetuating stupidity. Six to eight months into the AIDS epidemic, the medical consensus was one week of fever, fever followed by recovery. Oops, turns out it's a lifelong disease. Case fatality rate doesn't tell you things like that. A real scientist doesn't hope this isn't like the Spanish flu, doesn't hope masks actually don't work, doesn't hope it's not a lifelong disease. Plenty of data showing masks work. This is respiratory virus. How is it so hard to fathom a mask reduces airflow in and out of your face? Nobody is getting sick from absorbing it through their skin. U.S. has the worst performance handling this disease, and it's because of nonsense like this. You don't care my opinion, I'm sure. This is the first true statement that has been uttered in this entire comment. Uh, so, anyway, he's going to unsubscribe. Oh, God. No. This is a tragic loss. How are we going to survive this? Can, can you believe? Look, look, Daryl, sweetie pie, you know what the television in Vietnam has told you, and that's all you know, all right? Television in Vietnam is certainly a wonderful source for things like this but so please <laughs> unsubscribe all right here's another one i'm on the verge of unsubscribing <laughs> this video i can't tell if he's saying masks are pointless or if he's just making a jackassy joke or what every one of these podcasts i click on starts with him arrogantly mocking people that criticized his advice, or one of the people following his teachings. He must think that the comments from the haters are from people criticizing my advice. Boy, and the, and the devastating criticism that we run into here on Starting Strength Radio certainly is enough to make anyone doubt my sanity, doubt my, my, my ability to you know, think, certainly, right? I see zero humility and zero effort to maintain respect from anyone. <laughs> like this next guy, Rip got a big head. I've clearly made no effort to maintain his respect, have I? Wait, is he talking figuratively or literally? 
Is that the name of his? I don't know what head account? he's talking about. I have no. No, is that the name of his YouTube? This guy made a YouTube account called Rip has, or is that the comment? No, that's the comment. Oh, that's the comment. It's okay. David Rogers. Got it. Okay. Which is probably a fake name, but I don't know. These people are stupid enough to put their real name on here. If like, they give a shit, who makes up a name like Daryl Urbanski? If they care that much about their, that's they, not a Vietnamese name, by the not. way. But if they Darryl care that Urbanski. much about who they give their subscribes to, <laughs> I'm sure it's his real fucking name. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> And and then here is uh, believe it or not, but Ripple Tits doesn't even need to run to maintain his physique. Now I've clearly actually, lost his respect. Yeah. And his you see how this is progressing through this this loss of respect is right. And this video made me die of laughter. COVID may have also been a contributing factor. Well, so COVID actually is what killed him. COVID's what killed him. Of course. You just throw him in statistics. 200,000 Americans, Mr. Trump. 210,000 Americans. 210,000. Man, that is so many. Yes. All because I told them not to wear masks. And they believed my stupid ass. Because masks are, you know, virus catchers. It's amazing. It's Is that amazing. all the hater comments? And that's all of the the comments from the haters that we're going to read this week. Someone right. put together a 12-minute video. I, f I wish I remembered who. Of uh, comments from the haters, just a just a compilation. Are you serious? Oh, it was great. It was great. Fantastic. If we find it, I'll put a we'll put a link to it. Yeah, we need it's, a link to it's that. It's fantastic. How you could? It's hilarious. How you could stand to to do that? There's a we we got a couple things. Uh, it's a great shirt you're wearing. Ripito yeah, salt mining. Everybody see the shirt? I think it's stupid to have a shirt with my name on it, but. <laughs> Hard and salty I, I is better than soft and sweet. I wasn't uh, consulted about it. I want everybody to know. I, I had no idea they were doing this. This is just, you know. But since we got the goddamn things in the inventory, I thought, well, I'll wear it. Oh, they're maybe, not in inventory. Maybe somebody will buy one. They're not? No, you get them on Amazon. You get them on Amazon? Yeah, it's print on demand. So when you order one, Amazon prints it and sends it to you. Well, who put this on Amazon? I did. You did? Yeah. See, I was not, once again, I was not consulted about this and uh you know i i don't want you there to think that i wander around with my name on my shirt you know yes yeah, like, yeah uh, you fucked up because about two years ago i said rip we should have a bunch of gym t-shirts that i sell on amazon yeah and you said yeah go ahead so there you go Fuck. there you go okay well so anyway buy the damn thing okay now we're going to do Q&A again. We had a big pile left over from last time, so we thought we would uh, go ahead and clean that up and uh, answer some of your very good questions here on Q&A. Do you want to talk questions about... Questions from the... No, this is... Before you do that, you want to talk about things to remember? we gotta, we got to do something. I got one for you if you don't have it. I don't have it here. Breathe. It wasn't brought in. 
You said you printed it out. Well, somebody didn't print it out, and I certainly as hell don't have it. So well, you want me to just you just, just, just throw it in there? Okay. Why don't you? September tenth, right. two thousand one. Yeah. Everybody remembers what happened on September. On the next day, the very next. Morning. You know what happened on the next on September tenth, two thousand one? Wichita Falls Athletic Club opened its doors in its new location at thirty one eighteen oh, Buchanan. Oh no shit! On September the tenth, two thousand one. Yes. And then the next day, you caused the terrorist attack. I, <laughs> they were just I, I don't, I, you know, I, they they may have heard about it and said well, something has to be done. Well, this might be relevant you know? then. So, so right. September tenth, two thousand one, Wichita Falls Athletic Clubs op- opens its doors yes. at the current location. At the current location, thirty one eighteen. You can on that day. Now there's YouTube videos of this, but here I'm looking at archive.defense.gov. Donald Rumsfeld says the following. And I just lost it. There it is right here. Yeah. Donald Rumsfeld, he was so good as a defense secretary. Well, it takes some time. And indeed, as you know, sometimes you need to invest some money up front to make savings. For example, we're going to have to revamp our financial system so that we can actually understand what's taking place. At the present like we time, don't know what's taking place. <laughs> at the present time, the financial systems aren't capable of tracking some... $2.6 trillion worth of transactions. Really? That, that's an important thing to remember, I think. That uh, the financial system is not capable. Of the defense of, department. Of not, the defense oh, department's yes. not capable so, of tracking $2.6 so trillion, trillion in transactions. Right. Basically. Well, in other words. Right before 9-11. Well, up to that point. Yeah, and, and the next day, it didn't improve thereafter. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, it's a good thing to remember, you know, because the yes. next day some shit happened and people forgot and, a bunch and of stuff. And you know what? At the time, what was the national debt? Oh, I don't know. On, 2000, on September the 10th, 2001, the national debt was probably in the vicinity of uh, 7 or $8 trillion. Might have been, might not have been six. I don't know. What is it now? Twenty-seven trillion dollars. And in other words, it's just a concept. Sure, of course. We don't. We have changed our economy from an economy to a, a just a, a ledger system. Right. Well, let me ask you this: system. If the IRS came to you tomorrow and said, "Rip." Can you account for these two point six trillion dollars in transactions that you did in the last fifteen years? Yeah, and you were like, nah. You'd have I'd to. I'd say, you'd do have I to, have to? You'd have to answer for some shit. <laughs> do I have to? And they'd say, well, yeah, in fact, you do have to. But the Defense Department, of course, is absolved of that responsibility. Right. So, especially given it has the, always been absolved, of course, of especially given the events of the following day. Yes, the events of the following day would have uh, overwhelmed Mr. Rumsfeld's public statement to that effect, would it not have? Well, you know, as it turns out, it did. Uh, I wonder what they're spending now that they don't I wonder if they can. Any. I wonder if they can account for transactions today. No. You know. They don't have to. They're not going right. to. You have to do things. You do things you don't have to do, especially if you work for the government. <laughs> 
<laughs> Does a government employee ever do things he doesn't have to do? <laughs> now, that's really the question, isn't it? Yeah, but they're the perfect ones to manage COVID-19, right. aren't yeah. they? There we go. They're the, this there, is a perfect organization to get to deal with this. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's for your own safety. Oh, God. It's for your own It's for your own safety. Wear the mask. Take the vaccine. Eat the cock. That'll be an yeah. interesting time, won't it, when the vaccine comes out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. How they do that. You can either take the vaccine or eat <laughs> this plate of shit. Here's a plate of shit. Here's the vaccine. It's your choice. Look, you you can do whatever you want to do as long as it's one of these two things. Right. How much you want to bet they're going to have a card you get when you get the vaccine? Oh, that's already been printed. Yeah, yeah. They've already got those ready. Okay. <laughs> that was designed months ago. And then businesses will need that card for you to do transaction with to go into the business. Well, if you're going to fly on an airplane, if you're going to right. use public transportation, you're going to have to be vaccinated against this one virus. <laughs> Because it's the only one that kills people. See, people just fall over dead from COVID nineteen, but nothing else, right? TB, no problem. Nah. Like that, nah. right? Malaria, yeah, yeah, no big deal. But COVID nineteen, with a death rate of point zero zero three one percent. That motherfucker's got to be... It's got to be dealt with. It's got to be dealt with. No matter the cost. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, it's just too bizarre to even really sit here and think it's about, really. really. And it's just really... The whole damn thing is a really bad science fiction movie. Yeah, it's really weird. <clears throat> okay. Now let's get into the meat as we say of the of the podcast today, Mark listened with great interest to your recent podcast on running. Would love to hear your thoughts on further aspects of this. Setting aside extreme running, 20-mile-plus events, what of the medically beneficial goal of speed, stamina, and recovery rate? How could one use mainly barbell training to be a great basketball or soccer player? would seem many parts of the conditioning puzzle getting left out here. Uh, well, let me ask you a question. Are you proposing that all you do to be a great basketball or soccer player is barbell training? And how do we make a great basketball or soccer player out of a person who only trains with barbells? Is that actually your question? I'm, I'm I'm really seriously puzzled by this. Uh, could an advanced flow sport athlete reach required conditioning level by focusing primarily on slow and heavy lifts alone? Isn't fast, sustained motion also required? 
Thus, need for training kettlebells, plyometrics, sled pushing, sprinting, battle ropes, Olympic lifts, etc. Have they never watched? I, have you? What? What do you, goddamn idiots, think that soccer players and basketball players don't practice basketball and soccer while they're getting stronger? And we're not trying to get them doing eight hundred uh, deadlift, you know. We're not trying to get them done 800 deadlift. We're just trying to get them to like a 405 deadlift, all right, which any athlete ought to be able to do. So this is really kind of a stupid question, but, I mean, the guy is from Thailand. So maybe we could be racist on every one of these responses today just to piss everybody off. <laughs> on every single one. On every single one of them. This guy's from Thailand. What the fuck kind of question would this be? Anyway, I should have seen Thailand and not even read it. That's what I would have done. Right? Where'd my SS shirt go? Just out of curiosity. Oh, I've got this stupid-ass looking thing on today. <laughs> Can we make a starting strength shirt with the lightning bolts? <laughs> and then and then trademark that as a as a word mark? I think the Nazis already have The Nazi? No, all that expired. <laughs> I'm telling you, that expired. <laughs> I think expired. we ought to... T- <laughs> Trademark the lightning bolt SS. <laughs> and then when somebody asks us about it, we'll say starting strength. Right? Starting strength. Then we could sue SS, all the, right? Starting strength. The Nazis too. Then we could go back and sue the Nazis. Yeah. Well, we could sue the neo-Nazis. They're still using it. They're still using it. Are they're, they? They're too stupid. We them. could sue them. Think of the money we'd make. Yeah. They're so rich. On that lawsuit. They're, they're just too mean to trademark anything. Get on it, Bree. All right. All right. I've heard many ways on training grip strength. How do you teach for grip strength? Martin Vita asked this question. Well, we, we teach for grip strength by deadlifting. Get your deadlift up to five plates. With a double overhand grip, that is grip strength, right? Goes up with your deadlift. Problem solved. Hold it. Wait. Put that in the wrong place to where we put our answered questions, right? That's right. Just toss them. It's good enough for Johnny Carson. It's good enough for me. Okay. Hi, Rip. My name is Damon, and I've been doing starting strength for about five weeks now, and I'm happy with the results. It's the only pro- program I've ever done that works. I've gotten my squat from 50 kilos to 92.5, deadlift from 50 to 115, <clears throat> bench from 30 to 55, and press from 20 to 39 and a half. I've also gained 18 pounds as a so-called hard gainer by drinking milk. However, being from the UK, The COVID restrictions can be quite stringent, and we no longer seem to care at all about the economy. No, you don't, do you? Uh, A lot of people have forgotten about the economy, and they will continue to forget about the economy until it comes time to pay sales tax and property tax. And then the economy will suddenly be important again. Oh, shit. Uh, Despite the fact that all the gyms in my country are following the rules with regards to social distancing and cleaning, it has been announced today that they will 
all be closed as part of a local lockdown to be reviewed on a monthly basis. Monthly basis. This is pretty bad for me as I've had pretty severe depression since I was 19. He's now 28. And I found nothing helps me more mentally than doing your program. Uh, unfortunately, due to finances, savings, and having no lifting buddies, setting up a home gym isn't an option. Uh, Damon, I'm sorry. My friend, uh, you're fucked. It's not your fault, is it? But you're fucked nonetheless. Now, we have heard uh, many people over the years who suffered from depression that uh, training fixes that. And, you know, we're convinced that it does. We're, on, we're with you on this. But you live in a totalitarian society. Had you been uh, riding in from uh, communist China, would be no different. You're going to do what the... You people have agreed to do exactly what your government tells you to do at all times. That's what you have agreed to do. You shouldn't have agreed to that. But agreed to it, you did. And here you are. And I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you can't do barbell training without barbells. Now can you? Well, you can get outside in the hour that you're permitted to be outside of your home and run a little bit or do some push-ups on whatever they call the porch in the U.K. <laughs> Probably got some stupid-ass word for it. Whilst. Is it whilst, whilst. or whilst? What whilst? It's whilst. I don't know what short it is. E and short you oh, can do the, do some push up. You can do push ups on your whilst. whilst. Uh, I thought you were making uh, it up. <laughs> no, no, no. Whilst is a uh, the people people in emails and in and in articles in America will say whilst because it's uh, uh, it you know smart. cheaply bought intelligence. Yes, right. 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 And because it sounds sophisticated and chip, it sounds stupid. It's about it the same, like. It's at the same level of saying irregardless. Irregardless, just irregardless. to add, just to it's add ear same. to yeah. regardless <laughs> doesn't mean anything. <laughs> anyway, you know, for, for the people that invented the English language, they don't they know fuck how to it speak up it. real bad. Oh, they, they fucked it all up. Yeah, they don't know how to speak it. It's fucking crazy. Fucking it is Carl, amazing. Is listen to you, listen to Carl, <laughs> Carl Ragamon. Aluminium. Our friend from Aluminium. from London, you know, doesn't he's lost the ability to pronounce the sound R. Like M O R E is a word, right? More, but he says mo, mo, mo. It's just, it's, it's just too much trouble to finish the bruffa. Yeah, bruffa instead of brother. Bruffa, 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 bruffa. Yeah, he does say that. It's a, it's a, it's a mangling. Of the of of the language, of the the queen's the English queen's or the king's English, whatever they call it now, they have a queen or a king now. They've got the same queen, don't they? Same the, one. Same one. From same old gal. What a grand old lady. She's in her nineties. She's just a tough as a boot, man. You got to respect her. She was there in World War Two. She was. My God, that's continuity. You know, and and yet a a woman that tough has has sat there while her country has been turned into a totalitarian surveillance state. 
Now, she doesn't look at it like that, I'm sure. No. If she's even aware of it, I don't know. But it's they, just they a damn care. shame. They don't care. It's a damn shame is what it is that such a thing has happened in the goddamn U.K. And here's this kid, you know. He's finally found a way to deal with this clinical right. situation he's yep. got. And these fuckers are preventing him, you know, in, in the same way they're preventing people from getting diagnosed with melanoma and type 2 diabetes and uh, cancer and tooth decay and every other goddamn thing because of the deadly COVID-19 pandemic. Global. It's a global pandemic, a global pandemic. Not Vietnam. Not except everywhere except Vietnam. There's no pandemic. Uh, he has got to sit on his ass in his in his apartment, his flat, flat. his flat, right. and uh, and uh, do what he's told. You guys agreed to do what you were told. You better rethink that, hadn't you? Have you learned anything? I don't know if you've learned anything. A lot of us have learned things. I don't know about you guys. Okay, dear Rip and company, love what you guys are doing out there in Texas. My question is in regards my mom, who is 65. She is bought in to lifting weights, but currently has no place to barbell train and may not for some time. She does have a place to do farmer's walks till now, till we can find a way to get her squatting, deadlifting, etc. I'm having her do farmer's walks. I understand this is more conditioning, not really strength training, but I figured this would be one of the best exercises she can do that still progressively loads the body. Her farmer's walk handles except Olympic plates. Currently adding one and a quarter to each handle every week. Uh... Workouts are 50 feet, that downhill turn, 50 feet back uphill. Times three twice a week. She didn't get winded yet. Traps are sore the next day. Hands are fine. Another exercise I'll have her do. All right. We're exercising. We're not training. You do understand this, right? Now, I've, there are several articles on the website about the difference between training and exercise and practice. All these things are, are critical distinctions here. She's not training. And it, here's, here's an interesting thing. She's got a place to do farmer's walks, but she doesn't have a place to deadlift. She's got Olympic plates to put on her handles that she's carrying around for the farmer's walks, but you can't get the old gal a bar? What kind of a fucking son deprives his mother of deadlifting, I ask you? Yeah, if he doesn't have access I mean, to a bar. I mean, if he doesn't have access to a bar, he needs to get a bar. Handles, dead, or, or deadlift the handles. You could deadlift the handles. You could do, there's something you can do. You know, not it's not going to be perfect, but it'd be better than this ridiculous approach that you're trying right now. But I, I think if she has a space, she can farmer's walk. Now, he does mention that it's downhill and uphill, but there's going to be a level spot somewhere right. she can deadlift. Figure out a way to have her deadlift. At least she can deadlift until... You know, the human race re returns to sanity. If it does, I don't know. It's an excellent point. 
All right. Hey, Rip, in order to gain strength, we need to eat a caloric surplus. I also know that in order for us to gain strength fast and efficiently, we need to eat a lot. But let's say we eat less. We still get stronger yet slower. 3,000 compared to 4,000 as an example. I read online about some experiments done that tackled this question, and they found out that you can gain strength with smaller surplus, let slowly. What's your opinion on that? Well, how much time you got? You want to take 20 years to get as strong? This is obviously a ridiculous analogy. You want to take strong 20 years to get as strong as you could get in two by going more slowly? How much time you got? Do you need to be strong now, or do you need to be strong at some point off in the distant future? When the when the sun is a red giant and has expanded out to the orbit of Jupiter, here you are, still getting strong, eating that tiny little surplus instead of a big surplus that would have had you strong, you know, in a normal time frame. Uh, look, the way you get stronger is to grow muscle mass, all right? Growing muscle mass requires that you eat an excess of both protein and calories and that you require that you, that you apply a stress to the muscles that require them to get bigger. Those are the two components of a bigger muscle. And I don't know, if you want to do that slowly, you go ahead and do it slowly. Seems kind of pointless to me. Hello, Rip. I've recently done a body composition analyzer test. The Tanita scale. Anybody know what the hell the Tanita scale is? Never heard of that one. T-A-N-I-T-A. That's a... What does that mean? That's a brand of scale, I thought. Uh, it, it, this is one of these silly-ass things where you stand on it and it tells you yeah. your body oh, composition, yeah, yeah. probably. Well, Tanita is just a, a manufacturer. What, what, what's he say about the Tanita scale? Well, what he says here is that... Uh, uh, this Tanita scale has been doing that to me. So he's told him that he is uh, 21% body fat. Oh, yeah. Uh, according to this test, I should have lower than 20% to be normal weight. Uh, uh, this is agonizing to read because... <laughs> it almost broke you. Because the... <laughs> Because the degree of misunderstanding between body composition, body weight, and muscle mass here is just, this is, uh, uh, and, and the fact that you can't determine body composition by standing on anything. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, he wants to, uh, goes to add as much strength and muscle as possible without having a fat stomach. I'm just, I, you know, why do you think you're going to get a fat stomach if you take your deadlift from two and a quarter to four ninety five? What in that process makes you fat? You know, I mean, if you if you find you're adding too much body fat, you you slow down the the calories a little bit, but the 
the way you get big and strong is to lift heavier weights, heavier and heavier weights over time. But it sounds to me like you don't want to be big and strong. You just want to have abs or something. I, I don't know. Different, different podcast, right? Okay. Here's our friend Justin Nazaroff. He says, uh, perhaps a question you can answer on the show in the future. I suspect you're not a fan of the NFL Combine's bench press test. Two and a quarter, counting max number of reps. I believe in previous podcasts you said you'd think the overhead press would be a better test, and I tend to agree. Thus, I suppose I have two questions, actually. A perfect world where the fat pink man is in charge of the NFL Combine, and you could do any test you wanted, what would you do and why? And two, let's say that you had to stick to the bench press. How would you restructure the test protocol to give more relevant data? Body weight for reps, one rep max. Regards. All right. I don't really uh, hold the opinion that there's anything wrong with the two and a quarter uh, for reps test in the combine. What we want to find out in the NFL combine is how strong the kid is. All right. And if a kid can do five reps at two and a quarter and another kid can do 25 reps at two and a quarter, who's stronger? Test showed us what we needed to know, right? Uh, since the reality of the situation is that not anybody that's going to go out for the NFL combine knows how to do an overhead press. You know, our press uh, methodology is slowly expanding through the through the fitness world, but it's it's certainly not in a position where anybody that uh, is going to be eligible to to walk on at uh, a combine test is going to have done that. So I don't, you know, I don't think there's anything to be obtained by changing to the overhead press when what we want to know is how strong you are, and that two and a quarter for reps tells us what we need to know. Uh, no, I don't. I don't really think that there's any uh, any reason to change that. I think it works pretty well. I think the tests are right now. Most of the combines use two and a quarter for reps. They use a standing vertical jump, which is an extremely efficient way to assess neuromuscular efficiency. They use the cone drill, and uh, as a as a method that assesses strength too. It's how fast you can change the direction of movement of your own body's mass. And they use the 40-yard 40, uh, 40 dash, 40-meter sprint, whatever version of it they're talking about. And uh, this tells us a lot of stuff about explosion and strength and power as well. So, I no, I think they pretty much know what they're doing. Uh, I would like to see uh, added to that uh, probably a deadlift test with, 405 for reps. See how many reps you can do at 405. That would change the nature of the preparation for the for the combine. Now, wouldn't it? That might be a, a a beneficial addition to it. But other than that, I think they're they pretty much have this down. Uh, I was reading developing. Maximal Neuromuscular Power in the journal Sports Medicine. It's basically a large review 
of the above-mentioned subject. They concluded that lifting heavy weights was highly correlated to big cross-sectional area. But I've always been told that volume is better for hypertrophy while lifting heavy weights are better for force development and strength. What's my take on this? I, look, you want to get real big, you want to get big legs, big back, get your squat from 135 up to 405. Get your deadlift up from 185 to 495. What's the best way to get from 185 to 495? Sets of five. Add five pounds of workout to your sets of five until you're deadlifting 495. And in the process, you've gotten bigger. We don't do sets of 10 because they don't make you as strong. Sets of five make you stronger than sets of 10 because five is a heavier weight than 10. The process of getting strong requires that you grow. If you go from 185 deadlift to 495 deadlift, you're bigger. Always. No other, no other analysis is necessary. All of this shit, 8 to 12 reps, 5 to 6 sets, minimal rest between sets, you know, on 15 different exercises, it's all bullshit. You know, you guys want to do that? Go ahead and do Unless it. Unless you deadlift 650 pounds, which you don't. Wh- which the, people you, who are, the people who are asking this question don't deadlift 650 pounds. No, they don't. Because if they did deadlift 650 pounds, they'd know how they got big. Right. They'd know how it was done. The people that ask this question are the 155-pound kids that have been training at Gold's Gym for eight weeks. That's who asked this question. And they don't want to hear something simple like, I'm going to go in and deadlift 185 today for one set of five. And then next time you go in, deadlift 190 for one set of five. And then 195. And then then 200, then 205, and then 210. They don't want to hear that. Because that's hard. It's easier to, easier to wave your legs around in the air on the silly-ass leg extension machine for 8 to 12 reps of 5 to 6 sets with one minute between sets. All that, all that shit is, look, if you are strong enough to deadlift 650, then it might benefit you to do a different type of training. But until you are sets of 5, with more weight every workout or how you get there. All right? Dorian Yates didn't do that shit. If you'll remember, Dorian Yates used lower reps at extremely heavy weights. This guy's 495 incline. Incline benches with 495 sets of six. This is a big, strong motherfucker. You know, and he didn't get there by doing by doing the by pec doing deck two seventy five for sets of twelve. Right? No, that's not how you got. That's not there. how you get it. That's not how you do that. You get big and strong. The biggest, strongest bodybuilders have all lifted heavy weights because strong means heavy weights. That's all strong means. Okay, I'm uh, thirty six five eight one seventy two little guy. Right. Been doing NLP for past three months. I would like to introduce the chin-up. But I have a reservation about doing so. 
four years ago, I sustained a partial tear of the long head of the bicep in the right arm. This was a result of poorly executed weighted dips. Is there an issue with me doing chin-ups given this injury? Well, I'll tell you. I avulsed the long head of my right bicep last year. Now, you can see that doesn't look normal. What happened is the head of the bicep avulsed proximally, wadded up down here, and now it's got a little ball on the side of the thing right there, right? Uh, I chin. I do a run, chin-up workout every other week. And it made problem for me. And I'm pink. So I'd, I'd, you know, warm it up on the lat pull and, you know, try some chin-ups and see what happens. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the thing's certainly healed by now. Uh, this is uh, uh, four years. Whatever it's going to do, it's already done. And I just, you know, my own personal experience with that is that uh, I don't, I don't know why you're, hesitating you know if you don't want to do chins don't do chins if you do want to do chins warm it up on the lat pull and then chin see what happens okay you have my permission dear rip can you share with us some stories about the old school one arm barbell press one arm side press and one arm snatch I would like to learn the technique on how to perform these correctly. If you can show us on your channel one day, they look like a lot of fun to do after training. How old do you think I am? I mean, nobody's done the bent press or the one-arm barbell press since the 30s. You know, I'm only 64. I'm a child. You know, all of the guys that did those odd lifts as we call them are dead they're all dead and i don't have any stories because i've never done them did phil because do they're in that because they're stupid yeah phil did all kind of stupid shit in that in that odd all lift around uh, all around weightlifting association i found all the records they're still out there and his he holds yeah. like 15 of the records yeah he's he was you know he phil did Anderson? a yeah. he did a 500 pound zercher yeah really and a 500-pound Steinborn the same day. It was a 20-lift meet, right? Is that, yeah. That's, no wonder why he is so fucked up. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a, it's like he's been thrown out of an airplane. He's so fucked up, you know. But he's he is, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of those records because he was crazy. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk to him about that one day. But oh, it's God, fun to hear him talk about it. But the uh, bench where you roll oh my the God. bench press over your head. And I don't remember what that's called. But you lay I on the ground, even... roll the shit up, and then press it off of the off of the like. What? Yeah. Press it, set it down, and you got to replace it. Yeah. You know what the Steinborn is? Which one is that? Is it this one? Where, yeah, it's oh, where okay. you you got to have pretty good collars on the bar. Right? <laughs> so you collar the barbell, <laughs> and you pick one end of it up. So you stand you the barbell up, then you then you get to the side of it and you let it fall on you into the squat position. Stand up with it, squat a rep, 
and then set it back down on the floor. That's the Steinborn. And, of course, the Zercher is where you hold it in your... Right, yeah. You imagine this idiot holding a 500-pound barbell <laughs> in the crook of his elbows? It is. And Phil's human body is a very amazing thing. Amazing. Yeah, 3,000 pound platform dead, uh, squat, you know, the belt squat. Yeah. 3,000 pounds. They just load back, it with. They call that the back lift, I think. Something like, yeah, loading it with farm implements to get enough weight or on it. Girls, you know. <laughs> they put girls on there for exhibitions. It's like 20 women on the back of this damn thing. And some guy takes his hands and. And, and legs, it lifts it that yeah, far. Yeah, it, it back. <laughs> two, two inches. It sets it back down. <laughs> Jesus. So insane. Here, look at this. There you go. You see that picture? <laughs> Does that look like it's good for your back? Don't do that shit. That's, just, that's dumb. All right? I'm just going to go down uh, the, uh, uh, the chart we have in there of all those old lists and learn all of them. Yeah, it might as well. <laughs> might as well. <laughs> With all your health problems. Yeah, you, right. <laughs> that'd be the smartest thing you could do. <clears throat> okay, dear Rip, I've been using the start of strength method for a couple of years, but more recently I've returned to the novice linear progression after illness, and I'm making progress. I have a coach in everything, and it's moving in the right direction. My question is regarding the evolution of the method, how, how change happens over time and what factors present themselves which may lead you to make adjustments to it. My interest in this came from the removal of the cue elbows up in the squat. Originally, I believed the idea was that the chest up and elbows up would lead the appropriate musculature to provide a suitable shelf for the bar to sit on. Now, I believe you cue elbows down, but seek to use the most narrow of grips possible, which will also provide the shelf for the bar to sit on. I'm interested in, in the process which led to this change. Well, that is kind of an interesting question. And, and what has happened is that over the years, the people that we have taught to coach this have misinterpreted what the original intent of the cue was. The instructions were to produce a shelf for the bar. I have never, and this is what we're talking about here, like that is called shoulder extension, this is shoulder flexion. Shoulder extension was never meant to be the thing that holds the bar up. Because if the grip is too wide, in order to provide support up the forearm for the barbell mounted on the heel of the palm right there, if the grip is too wide, then shoulder extension must be used to produce the the contracted posterior deltoid on which the barbell sits. If the grip is too wide, you, you have to extend the shoulders. And in effect, what you're doing is holding the bar up with shoulder extension. In other words, you're holding your elbows up to make a flat spot for the bar to sit on. That's not the idea because that produces thoracic flexion. It moves the chest down. What we want is thoracic extension because we want the spine in normal anatomical position. And in thoracic extension, the grip has to be narrow to create the posterior deltoid shelf for the bar. It, people have misunderstood this. 
People have misunderstood this. They haven't really understood what to do to hold the bar up. So recently, over the past three years or so, we have been making this grip stipulation a part of the teaching method at the seminars. And we're, we're teaching everybody now to use the narrowest grip that they can to create the good position for the bar to sit on. Elbows up creates thoracic flexion. So instead of saying elbows up, we will say keep your elbows down with the understanding that the grip is narrow enough to produce the shelf in the back. Okay. Uh, so, I, I mean, that's kind of the yeah. But let, let's let's clarify a couple of things. So, the instruction in the book hasn't changed. You haven't no. you haven't rewritten anything in the book since no. 2011 on this. So it's it's more of a it's it's it, there's a difference between the inst- the basic instruction and how how it's cued when you're teaching it because it's still the same grip. The thing is that yes. how the the way that people are interpreting the instruction because elbows elbows up is still something that we say. If they're too low, if they're too I mean, because right. because this is not where we want your elbow. Right. If your elbows are here, in other words, if your shoulders are relaxed in deflection, well, we have to say when we say do this, the way to instruct that is elbows up. Right. But we don't mean that elbows need to be Jack here. All the way. That's right. Yeah. So that your humerus is parallel to the floor. That's not. Right. That's not what we want you to do. Yeah. Okay. So the fundamental concept's the same. It's just how it's uh, how it's presented might change over time, and it ha- this is one of those things that that has. You know, we used mm-hmm. to have to tell everybody, right. pull your elbows up, pull your elbows up, and and now everybody overdoes it, and now it's bring your elbows well, down. Well, you know, yeah. and it's similar to the knees out the situation. Knees out, right. We used yep. to have to cue the piss out of your knees out, knees out, because everybody let their knees yep. cave in, and over time, and over the the many times that the the method has been interpreted by different people. We find that in most seminars, 10% of the people in the seminar are over-correcting right. and end up in a position with their knees outside the line of the foot. This is not correct. Yep. It's not correct. It's not efficient, and we have to fix that. But it's not our fault. It is just drift in the cues that, you know, it's like form creep. It's just something that changes a little in the wrong direction over time. And we've got to figure out ways to deal with it. Yes. People start saying you change the method somehow, but it it hasn't changed. I mean, sometimes now what we even see is people who, who will bend over too much and nope, don't bend their knees at all, which is something that didn't used to happen five or six years ago. Right. You know, so it's just, it's just a misinterpretation and overdoing of a correction that people have seen. Yeah. Hi, Rip. I'm coaching a 13-year-old lad. A lad. Most people don't say lad anymore, do they? This guy must be UK. He'll tell you if he is. They always do, yeah. And I wondered if you could advise on some programming decisions. He's 13. I plan to have him just do the fucking program for as long as possible with at least 3,500 calories and 150 grams of protein as he is eating as he is a long way from an ideal body weight. He's 50 kilos currently. I'd like him to eat more, but his mom, UK, (laughs) is on board with 3,500 at least. Okay. 
Current numbers after two weeks of training, they're very low, all right? Maybe worth noting, he's been remarkably coachable. He's good form, squat, deadlift, bench, press, been harder, all this shit. Okay, here's the situation, James. I know your intentions are good, but you don't start kids training until they're at least in Tanner stage four. Tanner stage of maturational development. Look it up. Okay, I think you're trying to have a 13-year-old kid who's not ready to do it do the program, and he can't do that because he can't get recovered from it, and 3,500 calories is not going to help. He's not ready for it. The hormonal milieu, that's a French word, I guess. I would assume so. Yeah, is not there yet, so... Don't leave him alone for a couple of years, and then we'll have him lift weights, all right? He wants to have fun with it, but don't try to make him do the program. This is, this is no, it's cruelty, all right? <clears throat> you know, it's like beating your dog every day for pissing. Anywhere. You, know, you don't beat your dog. The dog got to piss. Can't hold it. This kid can't, you know, like grow like you think he ought to. All right. Given that we want to use exercises that use the most weight over the longest effective range of motion, why not use dumbbells instead of barbells for the overhead press? Because you can't use as much weight. In dumbbell presses. You know why you can't use as much weight? Because one arm is going one direction and the other arm is going another direction and it allows you to use more weight if they're tied together. Okay. I'm a 55-year-old female with rheumatoid arthritis. I do five sets of five, two days a week. A day is, she says BS, which means back squat, bench press, and barbell row. B day is back squat, press, seated, and one set of deads. I'm weak, but I want to be strong. Many times I repeat, I wait the next session or only go up by two pounds. I'm afraid of setting off an RA flare. And I would be too. Don't, in, in this situation, you are 55 and you've got an immune system disorder. Don't set off an RA flare by doing sets across. Now, your notation here doesn't tell me what I need to know, but it looks as though you're doing five sets of five across on the squat, the bench, the row, and the press. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do one heavy set, and that's all. Or maybe two sets of three. But don't do five sets of five. Don't do that. You will... Beat yourself up, and you're going to start a flare, and it's not going to be good, but it's going to be your fault for overtraining. You can't do that. You have to take intensity. Use the heaviest weights you can. In, in reps, using reps that are appropriate for your situation. You're a 55-year-old female. I would probably have you just doing triples. But I wouldn't have you do more than two sets. In other words, six total reps, not 25. All right, this is after your warm-ups, obviously. 
but this is this is going to be a problem. I also agree with the twice a week thing. I think that's a good approach for it, but I don't do five sets of five across in your situation. Uh, hi, Rip. Hope you're well. It's nice of them. Question. A question. <laughs> hope you're hope you're well. Enjoying the podcast, just a quick question on supplements for the over-60 lifter. What are your views on creatine? Take it. Why not? You know, two or three grams of creatine a day. Take it. It's not going to kill you. And anything to do with being over-60, you know. I mean, it's in your meat that you're hopefully eating. All right, I'm 54 years old, 5'9", 170. And in very good health. Well, you're 5'9", 170. You stand to gain some weight. Started lifting. Everybody hates to hear that, though. Yeah. You know, they think 5'9", 170 is healthy. Picture of health. Picture of health. You know, like that previous question where, you know, want to be thin and shit. Anyway, I started lifting when I was 48 and consistently enjoyed squatting after reading your book. Realized I hadn't been doing it correctly or deep enough. I squat two and a quarter, bench low 200s, deadlift 270, press 115. I find that I can't do your program three days a week, and I've reached a point where I can't add five pounds each time doing exercise either. That's not the program for somebody your age, right? Uh, we have a book that we published by uh, Dr. Sullivan and Andy Baker called The Barbell Prescription. Uh, and I think you should get that and read that because you're, you, you're approaching the program incorrectly, right? Uh, at 54, it might not hurt you to drop back to twice a week. But I think that you could maintain a three-day-a-week schedule if you cut back on the number of things that you're doing and you you know, make your PRs more reasonable and don't do so damn many reps and sets and gain some weight. It's not going to hurt you to be 190 at 5'9". Ask yourself this question. You, you see an old guy, 70 years old. He's thin. Got abs, body fat's down at ten percent. He runs. He's five nine. He weighs one hundred and fifty five pounds. And another guy is five nine. Lifts weights. He's uh, carrying nineteen twenty percent body fat, and he weighs two hundred pounds. And both of them get pneumonia. Because that happens when you're 70. Sometimes you get sick. Who gets out of it better? Who gets out of this thing more intact? The little skinny guy or the chubby guy? Chubby guy. Always. He's got more to fight with than the little skinny guy who's the picture of health. Just keep this in mind. Keep this in mind in this era of everyone dying of a dread disease, a novel, a dread though novel disease. I saw a 
interview the other day. It's on the on the thread. Some Turkish broadcaster speaking in pretty good English, though, kept referring to the coronavirus as the novel coronavirus over and over. It's novel. It's novel. He didn't know what that word meant. <laughs> he didn't know what in the not. context what yeah. the the term was referring to. <laughs> The fucking media. All those people need to be taken out and flamethrowered. They all need to be burned alive. They all need to be napalmed. That's what they need to take. The entire staff, the entire organization at CNN and MSNBC and ABC and CBS and probably, and at this point, Fox News, except for Tucker Carlson, and take all of those people out and throw them in a hole and pump thousands of gallons of gasoline in on top of them and set them all on fire. And listen to the screams of agony because these fucking pieces of shit have destroyed the society in which we live. So they could sell ads. Tar and, we got to bring back tar. Tar and feathers. I've been watching John Adams again. You yeah. Remember the show from yeah. HBO? Oh, yeah. The, uh, oh. This miniseries. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Uh, One of the best things that's ever been on oh, TV. Oh, tarring and feathering seems extremely effective. It it makes a person scared to, to fuck around. up real bad. <laughs> yeah. Sure does. Tar and feathers, man. They used it in Deadwood. Remember that little oh, theme right. in Deadwood? Yeah. That's right. Franklin Ijaya got yeah. tarred and feathered. Right. Shit, I forgot to be racist. On all these questions, it's so much trouble. Well, you're, being, no, you're, it's so much trouble being racist. You're inherently racist. You don't have. To oh, I'm try. inherently. You don't have to try. Look at you. Just everything oh. comes out of my mouth is racist. The function of white also, supremacy. A, also, white privilege. Also, no, no. Also, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, men's rights activist. That's what you are too. A men's rights activist. Yes. Did you know that that's a thing? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. What what rights do men have? I don't know, but you're that everybody else doesn't have because I'm a man. Yeah. Well, that automatically makes you anti-feminist. So right. That's... How is it possible for me to feel any worse than I already did? You keep we'll heaping try. these things on. We'll try to do it, man. <laughs> we'll try to do it. So go ahead. Your next uh, okay. Uh, my next racist comment comments. is going to be: What are the two most common mistakes? Trainees who are white over 60 make. <laughs> I was lifting three days a week and was hating Friday, which was day three. I cut back to once a week, but suspect I'm detraining, but my lifts are slowly increasing week over week. I can see where a coach would sure help. How about a what book? Color is the Let's coach? try to sell some more books. Yeah, what color is the coach? That's yeah, what color is your coach? First question. Right. First question, what race is your coach? <laughs> well, why don't you just buy the fucking book, right, that I've already mentioned, The Barbell Prescription, Training for Life Over 40 or whatever the fuck the <laughs> subtitle of the thing is, and, and read about this. This is not the first time... A guy like you has asked this question, you know. All right. All right. 
Let's see. I have recently had my appendix. This is the last one I'm going to do. Because y'all are getting bored and so am I. I have recently had my appendix removed after a bad case of appendicitis. Let me point out the fact that there are no good cases of appendicitis. <laughs> the doctor had to perform the surgery by using the older method of removal. Two to three inch cut through the stomach wall to remove the appendix organ. Just like mine. Just like mine. Why would they do that in 2020? It's I don't just, know. It's just too far. If the damn thing's what? too fat, they can't yeah. do it with the scope. They got to pull it out. Right. They got to go in there and clip it off, sure. suture it closed, <clears throat> and jerk it out. But if the thing's, you know, grapefruit size, looks like a spleen or something like that, they got to jack jerk it out through the hole. And they want to squeeze the pus out of it after it's being. Right. Look, that's the way I had mine done back in '89 or whenever the hell it was. Uh, I'm currently recovering. Let's start getting out of the bar again. Well, you precious thing. <laughs> Fabio Tintinale. When was the surgery? Fabio. Three years ago? Recently. Oh, recently. Okay. So three years ago. <laughs> recently. All right. Here was my, this is what I did. All right. I got sick Tuesday. I remember this real clearly. I got sick on Tuesday. Felt like shit. Woke up, you know, something's wrong. Couldn't tell. Just kind of abdominal. No specific place. Uh, got worse Tuesday. Got worse Wednesday. Thursday is pretty bad. Went to the doctor. Back then, back in the 80s, you could just go to the doctor. You know, I walked into the doctor. Said, I feel like shit. He laid me down on the table. Said, What's, what are your symptoms? I described them. And then he did the tympanic test. You ever had that done? Oh, yeah. Or you, which does it hurt worse if you push down, when I push down or when I let go? When you let go, then you got a hot appendix. Who do you want to take it out? I said, like, when? He said, like, now. And I knew a surgeon, so I told him. He called the guy. Yeah, he went in his office, called the guy, Ripto's got a hot appendix. He told me, go to the gym, get your shit together, and be at the hospital at 6 o'clock. And it's about 4. So I got somebody drive me to the hospital. About 6, Thursday. And he took it in, took the thing out. And uh, let me think. That was Thursday night. I think back then they kept you in the hospital a day or two. So I was in the hospital till till Friday. I think I got out Friday. They thought I was all right, so they sent my ass home. Saturday, I mowed the yard. No, Saturday. Sunday, I mowed the yard. Sunday, I mowed the yard. Monday, I squatted and bench-pressed. Light weights, but I squatted and bench press. So that was four days post op. Squatted and bench press. Wore belt. Hurt. Everything's fine. Never had any trouble with it. Took a while longer to deadlift. But that's what I did. So why don't you do the same thing? Look. 
here's the general organizing principle of injuries, all right? You don't let them heal. You make them heal because it works better. Trust me on this. We've talked about this a lot. You make things heal. You make them heal up while performing the function you would like for them to perform when they're healed up. And that's just what you have to do because if you do it any other way, everything's going to be bad, all right? And if he's more than six weeks post-op, all this shit's closed up. It's all healed up. He's just, you know, he just doesn't want to do it because it's going to hurt. I understand that. I don't like to do shit that hurts either. If I refuse to do anything that hurt, I wouldn't get a hell of a lot of anything done. Right? Okay. Anybody else have anything to add to that? You got anything you'd like to say, Rusty? No, I'm good. Nick, you got anything you'd like to say? That was refreshingly racist. It was. Oh, forgot to be racist again. (laughs) All you other races, fuck you. How's that? Perfect. Is that good? Does that look sincere? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm offended. Well, good. You're offended. You're another race, aren't you? You're a brown person. What is it? And Bree's what? We decided she was Italian. They're a Greek or Italian. Greek or Italian's a Mediterranean. Whatever hairy arms. She's babies. Mediterranean. Yeah. Hairy, dark hair. Yeah. Female. Big, thick brow ridges. <laughs> That's racism. That's racism. You got anything you'd like to say, Bree? No, I'm good. Okay. Well, we're good too, and we hope you're good as well. So we'll see you next time right here on Starting Strength Radio.